Okay, today, um, this is a believers meeting, January 28, 2023, and let's begin by turning to Hebrews chapter 11, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, and if you want to give this a title, you can call it Hope, the Blueprint of faith. Hope, the blueprint of faith. In this ministry, we emphasize faith because Jesus emphasized faith. Throughout his ministry, he often said to people, according to your faith, be it unto you. He would say, your faith has made you whole. And we know from Hebrews 11 verse 6 that uh, it's, faith is necessary to please God. We know from Mark 11:24, faith is necessary to receive from God. Uh, and in our word of faith circles, we teach a lot about the importance of faith, but there's very little teaching about the importance of hope. And in this session, we want to talk about Bible hope, what Bible hope is, and the, importance, um, the important role that it plays along with faith. So in Hebrews 11 verse 1, it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now, let's turn over to 2 Corinthians 4. Second Corinthians 4, verse 18. This is a familiar scripture. 2 Corinthians 4, 18 says, While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. In other, in other words, while we look not at the things which are seen, but we look at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. So here he's, he's talking about looking at things that are seen and looking at things that are not seen. So he's talking about two kinds of seeing. Natural seeing and spiritual seeing. We have natural physical eyes and we have spiritual eyes. So we look at things that are seen with our natural eyes so how do we look at things that are not seen? We look at things that are not seen with our spiritual eyes, the eye of faith. With the eye of faith, we're seeing with our spiritual eyes. Uh, 2 Corinthians 5, 7, just across the page there, 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says, For we walk by faith, not by sight. In other words, we walk by what we cannot see, 
not by our natural sight. We don't live by what we see with our natural eyes. We live by what we see with our spiritual eyes. Now, uh, turn back just a few pages to Romans 8. Uh, Romans 8, 24 and 25. Says, For we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why doth he yet hope for? But if we hope for what we see not, then do we with patience wait for it. So this is telling us if you can see something with your natural eyes, you don't need hope. Hope is not required. If you can already see something manifested with your natural eyes, Hope is not required to see that. So according to the scripture, hope is seeing something that you can't physically see. And that's what you were talking about, Barbara, is uh, being able to see yourself driving, see yourself walking, see yourself doing the things you haven't been able to do. That's, that's Bible hope. Uh, it's really seeing the invisible. So having a mental image of something is what we call imagination. Imagination. Uh, if you drove here today and I asked you where you parked, you could tell me because you have a mental image of where you left your car outside. Uh, you, you couldn't tell me probably which row or which car in that row, but you can see a mental image of where you parked outside. That involves using your imagination. Now the word imagination comes from the word image. What's an image? It's, it's a picture, it's a vision. Bible hope is when our image of how we see ourselves is working for us instead of against us. That's Bible hope. Only one time in the Bible is the word imagination used in a positive way. That's 1 Chronicles 29.18. We're not going to turn there today. But um, that's the only time in the Bible the word imagination actually is used in a positive way. Most of the uses of the word imagination in the Bible are in the negative sense. Now let's just look at one example of the power of uh, imagination which is used in a negative way or a wrong way. This is a way God did not intend. But let's just look at it as an example. Genesis, let's go to Genesis chapter 11. Genesis 11. Uh, ver we'll start with verse 1. And the whole earth was of one language and of one speech. And it came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar, and they dwelt there. 
And they said one to another, Go to, let us make brick, and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone, and slime had they for mortar. And they said, Go to, let us build us a city and a tower, whose top may reach unto heaven. And let us make a name, lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of men builded. And the Lord said, Behold, the people is one, and they have all one language, and this, is, uh, and this they begin to do. And now nothing will be restrained from them which they have imagined to do. These people were in rebellion against God. They were unsaved people, and they only had human faith, just natural faith. But in the positive sense, they were in unity together. They imagined, they had a vision, a mental image of building a tower that would reach heaven. Uh, so this is an image they had on the inside of them, something that they, they could see themselves doing this. Uh, the Bible tells us they had one language. They were all saying the same thing. We know that's a principle of faith, isn't it? We're all saying the same thing. We're saying what God says. Uh, even though they, they were unsaved people, they were in unity, and they were all saying the same thing. We're going to build a tower to heaven. We're going to build a tower to heaven. And faith began to come to do that. They conceived this in their imagination. They conceived that they could actually do this. And God saw, God took this so seriously. He saw that their imagination was so powerful. It, it would be an obstacle to his plan for mankind. They, they had a corrupt imagination. They were in rebellion against God. And God said, God said that because they were in unity, because they were all saying the same thing, they all had the same vision, that nothing would restrain them from accomplishing this. That is amazing. God said there's nothing that would have stopped them from accomplishing this. And this is why God took this so seriously. He stepped in and he intervened to confuse their language and stop them from succeeding. The devil perverted these people's imagination to use it in the wrong way against the plan of God. God designed our imagination to produce for us not against us. He, he designed our imagination to work, uh, to cooperate with him and his word, not be working against the plan of God. What if you could get a group of Christians in unity with a godly image and a godly vision, and you could get them all saying the same thing and applying their corporate faith together toward it. Nothing could stop it. 
Nothing could stop it. Um, if unsaved people could do this with just natural human faith, what could believers do? If we all got into unity, we all had the same uh, godly image, we all started speaking the same thing, and we all started applying our faith toward it. Nothing could stop it. Now the devil might try to hinder it, but nothing could stop it from coming to pass. This is the power of faith and, and a, a imagination, a positive mental image, which we the Bible calls hope, working together. Now let's look at a positive example where God ignited a mental image on the inside of Abram. Uh, so if you just turn over maybe one page there to Genesis 13, Abram did not have a Bible. So God had to renew his mind uh, in order to see himself having the children and the descendants that God promised him in, as part of this covenant that he made with Abram. He had to get Abram's mind renewed to having children instead of seeing himself childless. So at this point in chapter 13, Abram is childless. And uh, the reason he's childless one of the reasons he's childless is because he is hopeless. Abram at this point is hopeless that he will ever have even one child. So in Genesis 13 verse 14 it says, And the Lord said unto Abram, after that lot was separated from him, lift up now thine eyes and look, or see, from the place where thou art northward and southward, and eastward, and westward. For all the land which thou seest, to thee will I give it, and to thy seed forever. And I will make thy seed as the dust, so that if a man can number the dust of the earth, then shall thy seed also be numbered. So God's promising him uh, these descendants, and he's uh, telling, he's trying to get him to start seeing an image of him. Um, well, he's all first of all here. He's promising him the land, the promised land, uh, and he's telling Abram to look to the north, look to the south, look to the east, look to the west. Get a vision of yourself possessing this land from as far north as you can see south east and west so god's trying to uh, in this scripture he's trying to build in abram a vision or an image he's trying to establish hope in abram that he will possess this land now in chapter 15 just a page over uh, Abram still has an inner image of having no children. And God continues this process of renewing his mind and building a mental image, uh, a mental image of hope on the inside that he is the father of many nations. Even though it is God's will, Abram has to see it 
before it can come to pass. This is why God had to do this work in Abram to renew his mind and get this vision and image established on the inside of him, of him possessing this land, of him having uh, not only one child, but millions of descendants, including us as his spiritual descendants. Uh, God had to build this image in him because even though it was the will of God, it wasn't just automatically going to happen. And this is where many believers today are confused. They believe that something's God, something is God's will. It's just automatically going to happen. No, we have to see it. We have to see it in the Word of God. We have to see it through prayer, uh, praying in the Spirit, and, and spending time with God. We have to see it before it can come to pass. Now in Genesis 15 verse 4 it says, And behold the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, uh, This your servant shall not be thine heir, but he shall come forth out of thine own bowels, shall be thine heir. And he brought him forth abroad and said, Look, see, now toward heaven, and tell the stars, if thou be able to number them. And he said unto him, So shall thy seed be. And he believed in the Lord, and he counted it to him for righteousness. So now God is trying to uh, develop hope in Abram of not only having one child, but having multitudes of descendants. And because Abram didn't have a Bible that he could turn to, God used these physical things to try to build this image inside of him. So he said, look at the stars. Go out at night and look at the stars. See if you can count them. Well, obviously, Abram could not count them. But God said, so shall your descendants be. So every day Abram had dust on his feet, and every night he looked at the stars. And these things kept God's promise constantly in front of him and helped to stir up his hope. God ignited Abram's hope by getting him to imagine and to see himself with children like the dust of the earth and like the stars of the sky. God got Abram's imagination working for him and it stirred up his hope. Abram could imagine having children as the stars in the sky. And he could imagine, he began to develop this inner image of having children, uh, descendants as the dust of the earth even though they didn't exist yet. Uh, we know from Hebrews 11:19 in the uh, God's Word translation, talking about Abraham, it says, Abraham believed that God could bring Isaac back from the dead. Abraham did receive Isaac from the dead in a figurative sense. So when uh, Abram 
And Isaac went up to the mountain and God was asking uh, Abram to sacrifice his only son. Abram, it, here in 11, uh, Hebrews eleven nineteen, it says he received him back in a figure, the King James Version says. So he had, Abram had, Abraham had a, an inner image of seeing Isaac raised from the dead. This was hope. This was Bible hope. He, he had a faith-filled future of hope that even if he did sacrifice Isaac, he already had that inner image on the inside of God raising that boy up from the dead and he received him back as if he had already died. Now, what about us? Unlike Abram, we have all of God's word. We have the whole counsel of God. In order to lay hold of salvation, healing, prosperity, protection, all the promises, we have to get a revelation from God's word and come to the place where we can see ourselves living that way. Uh, you may have heard the word about being saved many times before you saw it. You may have heard many sermons about being born again. But one day you saw it. One day you got a revelation and as, as you say here in England, the penny dropped. When you heard that message, the penny dropped, you got a, a revelation and you saw from the Word of God, you saw an inner image of Jesus taking your sins on the cross. You saw what you needed to do to be born again. And that revelation, that image was produced in you by the Word of God. Now let's take healing as an example. There are thousands of Christians that can quote healing scriptures, but they cannot see themselves healed. They're not at the point yet where they can see themselves healed. They have never meditated on the word until they can see Jesus taking the stripes for them and taking our sicknesses in his body on the cross. So in order to be healed, you have to see yourself healed even when you don't feel healed and you don't look healed. You have to see it in the Word. Now, uh, if somebody explains something to you, let's just say um, somebody explains to you how an air conditioner works. When you understand it, when you understand what they're explaining, you say, I see it. You say, I see it. You don't see it with your natural eyes. You use your imagination to see it. You see it in your mind. You see a mental image of how that air conditioner works. Well, the same is true. Through the word uh, of God, you have to see yourself coming up. You have to see yourself being blessed financially. You have to see yourself 
being able to give the way you want to. You have to see yourself having an abundance over and above your needs to bless others. Uh, some Christians, you know, they just try to see how many chapters of the Bible they can read at one time, you know, and they don't really get any revelation. Uh, they don't understand how to apply it to their situation. And, and when people just speed through the Bible to see how many chapters they can read in one day and then they can brag about how many chapters they read, it's not really having an effect on them. It's not really doing them any good. It would be much better to take one scripture, to chew on it, to meditate on it, to think about it, to apply it to yourself, until you can see yourself healed. You can see yourself blessed. You can see yourself free in the word. Now we won't turn there, but you can write down Joshua 1 verse 8. We're familiar with that scripture. I'll just read it for you. Joshua 1 8. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe or see that you may see to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. So meditating on the word, this is God's success formula. Meditating on the word is renewing your mind to what God's word says. Meditating on the word is about focusing your mind, your will, and your emotions on the living word of God. So how does this work? Well, words produce images. If I say black dog, you don't see the letters black D-O-G. When I say black dog, you see an image, you see a mental image of a black dog. You see it with your imagination. If I say big black dog, with a white tail. The more words I add, the more specific I can get, and the more detailed um, that image of that dog becomes in your mind. Well, in the same way, when you meditate on God's word, it will produce an image. God's word will produce an image or a blueprint on the inside of you of his will for your life. A hope-filled image of the future, the way God sees you, God's vision for you. That's, that's what the, the Bible is. It's God's vision for us. It's God's vision for mankind and it's God's vision for us as individuals. Many Christians can quote, by his stripes I was healed. But can they see Jesus taking the stripes and bearing their sicknesses? And when you begin to see it, you will, you will start resisting the devil. When you see Jesus taking those stripes for you, when you see him tied to that whipping post, when you see him hanging on that cross, uh, pierced through his side, 
and taking your sins and bearing your sicknesses and diseases in his body. When you see that, you will turn on the devil and you will say, how dare you try to put sickness on me? This doesn't belong to me. You take your hands off my body now. You will start resisting the devil. You will say, this is not mine. This does not belong to me. And I'm not having it in Jesus' name. Satan, you take this sickness back to hell where it came from. Bible hope is developed by a process of renewing our mind on the word of God so that we see ourselves like God sees us. God sees us blessed. God sees us healed. God sees us successful. He sees us living in peace and not turmoil. That, that's, that's the way he sees us. That's in his word. That's his vision for us. If we can see it, we can have it. If you can conceive it, you can have it. If you can conceive it in your mind, if you can conceive it in your heart with your spiritual eyes, you can have it. For example, uh, let's say you want to build a house and you're going to have the best builder in the country build it for you. And you go to this builder and you say, build me a house. And they say, what kind of house do you want? And you say, oh, you know, just a house. Well, is that house going to be a bungalow? Is it going to be one story or two stories? How many bathrooms is it going to have? How many bedrooms is it going to have? Where are the bathrooms going to be? Where is the kitchen going to be? You can have the best builder in the world, but Without a blueprint, that builder has nothing to work with. You're going to have to, to sit down and develop an image with your imagination, get a vision on the inside of how you want your house to look. You're going to have to sit down and you're going to have to draw those images on paper. That's what we call a blueprint. This is what an architect does. Or you can, you can begin to start out yourself developing this image of how you want your house to look. Where is the kitchen going to be? Where are the bedrooms going to be? Where are the bathrooms going to be? Um, you know, uh, where's the garage going to be? And so forth. You have to draw these images on paper and you have to give them to the builder so that the builder can make this a reality. And in the same way, you can have strong faith, but without a blueprint of hope, your faith has nothing to work with. Hope is like a blueprint only inside of you. And this is what Hebrews 11.1 1 tells us. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Faith gives substance to what you hope for. Your faith is going to build your house according to the blueprint of your hope. Your faith is going to produce your vision. 
You're going to have to see it in the Word of God for your faith to produce what you are believing for. Uh, some people say, you know, they're, they're talking about uh, something they're believing for, and they say, well, I'm, I'm going to put my faith on that. Well, what are they going to put their faith on? And they might say, well, I'm, I'm just going to leave it up to God. He knows what I need. Well, that's like saying, uh, I'm going to leave my house up to the builder. He knows what I need. No, the builder doesn't know what you need. And even if, if he does, it's not going to look like you see it. He, he would just have to guess what you need and what you want. You have to give that builder a blueprint. And we have to give faith a blueprint of hope so that it has something to bring into reality, into this natural realm. Uh, some people think they need to work more on their faith, but they might just need to back up a step and work on their hope. Meditate on a promise, a, a word of promise from God's Word. Get your hope activated until you can see yourself healed. You can see yourself blessed. You can see yourself delivered. Your faith is going to give substance to and reproduce the image of yourself that you see on the inside. It's much like a photocopier. Uh, a photocopier reproduces the image that you put in it. In the same way, soil will reproduce the wheat seed that you put in it. That's what it's designed to do. That's what a photocopier is designed to do. It will reproduce it, an exact copy of what you put in it. Now, uh, we know the story of the woman with the issue of blood in Mark chapter 5. This is a good example. Uh, this woman had had this issue of blood for many years. Uh, she came up in the, the crowd where Jesus was. And the Bible says there was a multitude there. So there were thousands and thousands of people already gathered around Jesus. But this woman could see herself touching the hem of Jesus' garment and being healed. And verse 27 says, she had heard of Jesus healing people. So faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. So when she heard Jesus was healing people, she began to have faith to believe that she could be healed. The Amplified Bible says, she kept saying, if I just touch his clothes, I shall be whole. If I just touch his clothes, I can be whole. She's saying this all the while. She's pushing her way through this crowd of people. If I just touch his clothes, I shall be whole. Now remember, words produce images. Words produce images. And as she is continually saying, if I just touch his clothes, I shall be whole. The more she said it, the stronger that image 
on the inside of her became. In her imagination, she could see herself healed, even though she didn't feel healed and she didn't look healed. On the inside, she could see herself touching his clothes and receiving her healing. She had hope that she could be healed. She could close her physical eyes and with her spiritual eyes see herself touching his clothes. And when she touched his clothes, that was her point of contact. That's when she would release her faith. And when she did, her faith gave substance to hope and healing was manifested in her body. Jesus said her faith made her whole. Her faith gave substance to the hope she had on the inside that if she just touched his clothes, she would be healed. Now, let's turn over to Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4. And in verse 10, Proverbs 4.10, it says, Hear, O my son, and receive my sayings, and the years of thy life shall be many. This is a good promise. If the Lord delays his coming, we need to have a vision or an image of ourselves living a long time. We need to have a hope-filled future of living a long, strong life. Now, if you back up one chapter in uh, Proverbs 3, uh, verse 1 and 2, this is another good long life scripture. Proverbs 3, verse 1 and 2. My son, forget not my law or my word, but let thine heart keep my commandments. For length of days and long life and peace shall they add to thee. If you meditate on scriptures like this that deal with living long and living strong, you will develop your hope of living a long time. You'll get a blueprint on the inside of you of living long and living strong and healthy. Your faith is designed by God to produce that image on the inside of you. But if you listen to the doctors, and you listen to statistics on diseases, and you talk about your family history, and you, you listen to statistics on age and your color and whether you're male or female and the life expectancy of males and females, you can get an image of yourself based on negative statistics. And if you can if you continue to hear that, you'll begin to talk it. Now remember, words produce images. And if you begin to see yourself 
with the same disease as your ancestors had and you see yourself according to medical statistics and so forth and uh, hereditary diseases and all these kinds of things and you begin to talk about it it will begin to affect your immune system words produce images everybody has an image of themselves on the inside or they're in the process of developing that image and it may not be a good image because the devil is constantly working to produce an image on the inside of you an image of defeat failure dying bankruptcy he'll put these thoughts in your mind and we know from the Word of God what we have to do with these thoughts we have to cast them down we have to cast down these are the negative imaginations we have to cast down. This is using your imagination in a, in a wrong way that will work against you. And this is the way the devil will try to use your imagination to work against you. And we have to cast down these imaginations. The devil will use other people talking to you and circumstances about what happened to other people who had the same condition, he will use thoughts and words so that you will be hopeless. Hopeless. He wants you hopeless. You need to write this down. People worry because of what they are looking at. This is a powerful statement. You need to write this down. People worry because of what they are looking at. They're looking at the wrong thing. Now, let's uh, turn to Proverbs. Uh, we're just this, we're in Proverbs 4 there, verse 20. My son, attend to my words, incline thine ear unto my sayings, let them not depart from thy eyes. In other words, don't let them depart from your natural eyes and don't let them depart from your spiritual eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. So he's talking about how to develop God's image of you and God's vision for your life. Through your eyes, your ears, your heart, you will get an image a vision through prayer and the Word of God and these words these images from God's Word are going to be life to you that's what he he goes on to say here in uh, uh, verse 22 they are life unto those that find them their life unto those that can see it, and health to all their flesh. Amen. So the Word of God is God's vision for your life written down on paper. It, it's a blueprint. God's Word is a blueprint of your life that faith will bring to pass, but we've got to see it 
in order for it to become a reality in the natural realm. Uh, we're not going to turn there, but you can write this down. Proverbs 29.18. Proverbs 29.18. Where there is no vision, where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. There are entire denominations that do not believe anything that we're talking about today. There are God-fearing Christians who love God with all their heart. They're saved and they're going to heaven. But they sit in church week after week being told in ignorance that sickness, tragedy, and living from paycheck to paycheck is all part of God's mysterious plan for their lives. When they hear this on a continual basis, when they hear that they're going down, uh, this is what they have faith in. These are the things they have faith in because faith comes by hearing, and this is the image they have in, in themselves. They do not have an image. They do not have a godly, God-shaped image of themselves on the inside. They cannot see themselves blessed. They cannot see themselves healthy because they're hearing something other than the Word of God. Uh, but this is what they have faith in, and this is what's coming to pass. They are hopeless when it comes to healing, blessing, living long, and so forth. They're, they're not hopeless where uh, going to heaven is concerned. They have an image. They can see that. Um, they can see it in the Word of God. They believe that. But when it comes to some of these other things in the Bible that God has promised us, they haven't heard God's Word enough to see themselves coming up, coming out. They have no vision, no hope, no faith of getting better physically, financially, spiritually, or relationally. And they have resigned themselves to that existence because they have been lied to in ignorance. This is what they have been told. Some of them, some of these believers actually long for a better life. They really believe there must be something better than what they're experiencing, but they have no revelation or vision for it because they're listening to something other than the Word of God. If you could get God's vision for their life on the inside of them, if you could get them listening to the Word, looking at the Word, meditating on it, so that God could begin to develop their hope and their image of coming up and coming out, uh, they would come up and come out. Now, it might not necessarily happen overnight, but they would definitely move up to a higher place than where they are right now. Satan is always trying to destroy and corrupt this image on the inside of you. Like they say in uh, computing terms, garbage in, garbage out. The devil knows how God set this up to work. He, he knows how God set up hope and faith and a godly imagination to work. And he endeavors to inject 
the wrong images on the inside of us so that our faith will bring it to pass. Uh, if we look at the life of Joseph, Joseph had a dream. Remember the story about Joseph? He, he had a dream. He had a dream from God. He had a godly dream. And in this dream from God, he saw an image or a, you could say a blueprint on the inside of him. He saw his family bowing down to him. Uh, and we know all the adversity that followed this. He went, his brothers sold him, threw him in the pit. They sold him to uh, traveling merchants. They wound up on the slave market. Then he went to prison. And, and he had uh, about 13 years of real hardship and, of, and adversity there. But no matter where they put Joseph, he always went to the top because he did not allow these negative circumstances to destroy his hope. His faith gave substance to that blueprint that was in his heart that one day his family would bow down before him and that became a reality. That became a reality when his family came bowing down before him as he was second in command of Egypt because he never let go of his hope. He did not allow these negative circumstances to destroy his hope. His faith gave substance to what he hoped for. Manifestations of healing and blessing and signs and wonders and, and miracles and so forth, they don't come from the outside. They start on the inside. They start on the inside first with an image from God's Word for your life. Time spent meditating on the Word and praying in the Spirit will give you a vision of things hoped for. You'll get a vision of what the Word of God has planned for your life. Things hoped for. And these things hoped for, these images from God's Word, your faith has been designed to reproduce that in your life and bring it into reality. So get your hope up. Get your hope up. See yourself coming up. See yourself walking and hiking. See yourself sleeping all night. See yourself eating food that you have not been able to eat. See yourself blessed financially and able to give the way you want to. See your wayward children coming back. See the word at work in your life because God has committed himself to your faith and to honor his word that you believe. Amen. Hallelujah.